Okay, we have been through Maida Ani, which we've taken as our archetypical uh, case study, and we went through it on four levels. Pshat is Drush Soit. And then we learned Chsidis, and then we went back and we relearned all four according to Chsidis, meaning Pshat through the lens of Chsidis, Remis through the lens of Chsidis, Drush through the lens of Chsidis. Side through the lens of Chassidus, and show how um, Chassidus is compatible with all four of these levels. And not only is it compatible with them, but it like brings out a certain uh, extra clarity and, and vitality in each of these four levels. Now, we're sort of tying it all together. And we're going to speak about how um, Chassidus as an etzim, you know, we're speaking about a lot, and tonight especially we're going to speak about it, how the, the idea of an essence is the sort of paradoxical um, harmonization between the parts and the whole. Um, when you're looking at things from the level of essence, there's not a contradiction between whole and parts, even though seemingly those are, those are opposite uh, categorizations. So, just like Siddhis was compatible with all the four levels and wasn't in contradiction with any of them, and to the contrary, uh, complemented each of these four levels and brought them out so that, you know, Pshat is even more Pshat, and Remes is even more Remes, and Drush is even more Drush, and Soit is even more Soit. But furthermore, Siddhis shows how they're all complementary to each other, or with each other, how they each uh, are, are interlinked, and sort of form one whole perspective. So that's what we're going to do here in chapter 16. Chassidus is going to show us how all the four levels, Pshat Dramit come together in a very consistent way. The explanation that Chassidus gives to the four levels of Maidani are all interconnected. How so? First, let's look at how two of them are connected. And then we're going to link each of them. Soyed came and explained to us how the creation of something from nothing has to come from that place in godliness where creation is insignificant. It's interesting. You need both. You need Malchus and Yesaid. So you need Malchus for whom creation is significant. Otherwise, why create, right? But, you know, for, from its perspective, why create if creation is insignificant? But at the same time, you needed that uh, Yesaid for whom creation is insignificant, as we explained at length when we were talking about uh, Soid through the lens of Chassidus. So when we realize that, that creation is literally nothing, not of lesser significance, but absolutely insignificant in comparison to, uh, to Hashem's infinity. When you realize that, which what is what Said brings out, that reinforces the idea that creation is constantly renewed, constantly renewed from nothing into something. 
Habir bechelik haremis shibemaydani, which was the remis explanation of maydani, where we said, you think resurrection is a big deal? No, the ongoing renewal of creation is a, is an even bigger deal because every single second things are being created out of absolute nothing. It's constant. So when you realize what Soyd says that creation has no independent existence. Then you realize what Remez is saying, that creation has to constantly be renewed. Because if creation were only from Malchus, not Malchus in partnership with Lagaba, since creation is significant from the perspective of Malchus, you wouldn't say that they're getting their entire existence from that act of being created. Ki'im, rather, what would you say? It's sort of similar to how the neshama enlivens the body. That even if the body wouldn't get vitality from the soul, the body would still exist. So the soul is a more rarefied existence, and the body is a lower level existence, but they're on a continuum, you know, they're just matters of degree, or matters of level or quality. But since we're saying creation comes from the infinite, for, for whom the difference between creator and creation isn't just a matter of degree, but it's an, a gulf of absolute incomparability, you must say that he's not just enlivening them or strengthening their existence, but he is their entire existence. Not just that, uh, that they, have, they, they become weakened or they, um, you know, like a body that doesn't have a soul, but they, that, that they don't have an existence. So you see the interconnection here between the side and the remes. The soid helped us understand the, the nature of creation, that, it is, that, that, that the worlds aren't just merely being uh, reinforced by, by the creator, but that without creator, creation is absolute nothingness. And that leads us to understanding better what the remes was saying, that perforce this has to be an ongoing thing. It's a constant absolute renewal. And that's what, what Rem has led us to, to, to understand. That if, you're gonna, if you think the resurrection is, is impressive, you should also be impressed the fact that you got up in the morning. And in fact, the implication is you should be equally as impressed that you know, you're sitting here every single second. All right. Now, what does that lead to? Consequently, now we realize the worlds, as it says in Shari Yichad Vamuna, are not called something other than Hashem. Other would imply of lesser existence. But no, they have no existence. So Mekavin Shekane, and since that's so, Hari Nirgashetz it becomes very obvious to a person, Shechayis Pesari, that physical life, on its own, it's nothing. Not even of lesser significance. It's of zero significance. The only significant existence is what? Being connected to God. Which was precisely what Chassidus explained the Pshat of Meida'ani was talking about. The Pshat of Meida'ani was gratitude. Thank you, Hashem. 
you return to me my soul. But Chassidus comes and says, my soul, my Jewish soul, my unique connection to Hashem. It's not enough that I wake, that I woke up and I'm drawing breath and I'm walking around and my limbs are moving. Okay, and that's a miracle. You're right. And we're not minimizing that. To the contrary, it's an amazing miracle that I'm alive and even that is, is insignificant because the only real existence, the only, the only thing that matters to any degree is connection with Hashem. It's not that other things matter to a lesser degree. They don't matter to any degree. The only thing that matters to any degree is connection with Hashem. And, and I get that when I have the Said, which reminds me that, that creation has no existence on its own. And the, the Rem is, which reminds me that therefore it is constantly being recreated. Then it leads me to the Pshat, which is the feeling that, yeah, Hashem, I'm thankful that I exist, but only if you define existence as a relationship with you. And anything other than that, it's not of lesser significance, it's of zero significance. All right, and now let's follow it through. When we do Hashem's mitzvahs, it is obvious that you can't mix into your motivation any other reason. The only reason to do mitzvahs is because merely it is God's will. Once you mix in other reasons, like what would the other reasons be? Because uh, it gives me a better life. <laughs> I'm concerned about having a better life. It, well, it's better for the world. I'm concerned with the world. No. The only, thing that, the only reason anything matters is because Hashem matters. And therefore, if He matters, then what He wants matters. And, that, and, and that's it. And that's it. I can stop right there. I don't need any other motivation to do anything. As long as I know he wants something, that's it. That's, that's all I need. And I don't need anything more. And that was precisely what Chassidus explained about the drush of Meida'ani. And we talked about not uh, keeping the collateral from somebody who's your, your creditor. From somebody who's your debtor. That, that you should give it back to them. Well, why should I give it back to them? That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Well, it's a mitzvah. It doesn't have to make sense. Well, hold on a second. It's, it's one of the mishpatim. Mishpatim are supposed to make sense. They're for society running smoothly and people not fighting. Yeah, but it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. And therefore, it doesn't have to make sense. And no mitzvahs make sense. They're all paraduma. They're all red heifer. <laughs> but that attitude perfectly flows from everything else we've been saying. Because once you realize there's nothing but Hashem, creation isn't an existence unto itself, even of a lesser uh, quality or, or, or importance. It has zero importance unto itself. Now you realize, well, a mitzvah couldn't just be because of some, uh, some benefit that it offers to the world. It doesn't even make sense. In fact, it wouldn't even make sense to say that a mitzvah exists because of some benefit it offers in spiritual worlds. The only reason a mitzvah is a mitzvah and is therefore important, it's because Hashem is important. And therefore whatever He wants is important. And that's precisely what the Drush was telling us. So we just went through Soid, Remez, Shat, and Drush. Why in that order? I suppose because it just it's easier to explain it in that order. But the point is that all four levels, Pshat, Remez, Drush, Soid, they all flow together and they all the conclusion that each one reaches is consistent with the conclusion that, that all others uh, reach.
And there you've seen an, another marvelous uh, demonstration of, of, of essence, how, how the parts all are intertwined and interlinked. Okay, now let's go on to chapter 17. And we're going to continue this theme about how when you're talking about essence, there's no contradiction between the parts and the whole. Um, and, you know, we, we spoke about it before, like <clears throat> the, the stem cells, or that was the, that was the muscle that I gave a few lessons back, that when something is undifferentiated, then it has the potential to be anything and all things. So there's no contradiction between particulars and, and oneness. Um, you know, sometimes you see that those who are interested in equality, so that comes at the expense of diversity, right? So you homogenize everybody and then, then everything is, is equal. Well, that's not equal. Real equality is diversity where things are different and yet it's not a contradiction that, to the contrary, their differences bring out their oneness. And that's, that's a uniquely, uh, you know, essence perspective. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to show, we just showed how the four levels, Pshat, Dramesh, as particulars, are not in conflict with each other. They're beautifully in harmony with each other. Now we're going to show on each level, these sort of like fractals, you know, patterns within patterns, patterns within patterns in nature, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the, the shape of the leaf is the shape of the tree, or like an M.C. Escher painting. Uh, we're going to show now the same idea. In each level, how each one of those brings out um, a, a way in which particulars are not at odds with the whole. Okay, let, let, let's do each one. Because Yechida is, is essence, it doesn't negate, it's not in contradiction with the four soul levels. Adraba, to the contrary. It is the essence of all those levels. In fact, that's one of the differences between Gilui and Atzim. I can translate those words, but they're technical Hasidic terms. Gilui is revelation, Atzim is essence. What's the difference between Gilui and Atzim? Gilui hu inyan prati. A revelation is, by definition, a specific revelation. Anything that is not this particular revelation is not it. I mean, it sounds like a truism. You know, like, yeah, whatever is not it is not it. But that's the point. That a gilu is defined by the way it shows itself. So anything that shows itself in another, in another manner is not it. What makes pshat pshat is that it's pshat. And if pshat would become remez, then it wouldn't be pshat. Oh, if pshat would be more like remez, then it would be remez. Yeah, well, if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. When you're talking about giloi, specific revelations, they are defined by the, the specific manner in which they reveal themselves. But etzim is the essence of all things. Therefore, one of the main emphases of chesidus is what? How the details and the essence are, are at one. And 
And we're going to see this in all the four levels of Pshat Dramazdrushait. So, like we were saying before, this idea that the whole is not in conflict with the particulars, that idea, we sort of saw that by the fact that Pshat Dramazdrushait themselves were in harmony with each other. Now, even more granular on an even more microscopic level, we're going to look at each level, Pshat Dramazdrushait, how each of those demonstrates. A, a paradoxical oneness of, of the whole and the parts, and how the parts are not in conflict with the whole. Okay. On the level of Seid, it looks at spheroids. What, what makes one sphere what it is, as opposed to what the other spheres are? You know, they're called attributes for a reason. They each have their own attributes. But Malchus, even though it's Malchus, is at one with Yesaid. Until in fact they become one thing, that compound phrase, Melech Chayvekayim, Melech is Malchus, Chayvekayim is Yisoyed, Melech Chayvekayim, Malchus Yisoyed. Slur them together like that. Becomes one thing. Therefore, when, when Malchus and Yisoyed get together, they create worlds. And the worlds they create is not that Enid Mulvade means there's nothing but God and therefore there are no worlds. No, what's the big deal about saying that? If there are no worlds, then of course there's nothing but God. No, Ki'im, rather, even the worlds as they exist. And they are limited by space and time, even in that state. They are at one with the absolute essence of the infinite light. An amazing paradox. To say that there's nothing but God because there are no worlds. The worlds don't exist. They're an illusion. No. The worlds exist, and yet that is not a contradiction with the fact that there's nothing but God. Why? Because it's all God. Because the creation, being, the, being that, as Soid told us, it has no existence unto itself. So therefore, if it exists, it must be what? We're forced to say there's only one existence. It's just more of Hashem's existence. So you see perfectly here how the fact that there's creator and creation is not a contradiction to the fact that there's only one. There's only one. Creator and creation, Yesoid and Malchus, the infinite as it is completely infinite, the infinite as it has a relationship with the finite. All these different categories, they exist and yet it's all one. Let's continue. Now let's look at mitzvahs, which is what Drush was looking at. Even those mitzvahs that have explanations and therefore teres emes, the teres of truth, truthfully calls them mishpatim, and mishpatim means that they have explanations. They are one with, and in fact their primary motivation is that they are merely Hashem's will, which transcends any reason. So again, are there categories called mishpatim mitzvahs, edis mitzvahs, chukim mitzvahs, and do they have different properties which differentiate them from each other? Of course, that's why Titus Emes has these terms, mishpatim, edis, chukim. And, and yet, even in their particulars, they're all the same because at the end of the day, even the mitzvahs, mishpatim, which have reasons, really they're mitzvahs because of no reason. If Hashem matters, then what he wants matters, and that's all that matters. 
and I don't need any other motivation for it. Let's do the next one. Now, Remez is looking at the world, the created reality. Even when you look at the world, and it looks like it exists on its own, because it's already in existence. You know, if we could have seen things before, that, before it ever existed, we, would, we, we, we wouldn't be fooled. But we're looking at things as it's already brought into existence. And that's why we don't sense the absolute newness of it all at every second. The renewal of our existence every morning, and in fact every single second, is an entire renewal, renewal of our existence down to our very core. Just like the Chiddush of how new creation was when it was first created at the beginning of the six days of creation. So there's this creation that looks very real, and it's not because we are seeing an illusion. And yet, at the very same time, that's not a contradiction with the fact that there's nothing but Hashem. So, again, it's this idea of the world exists right now. And yet, um, nothing exists but Hashem. So, where you might see a contradiction, first there was no world, now there is a world, those are like two different realities, pre-creation reality and post-creation reality. What we're saying is, no, it's all the same. It's all the same, since before Hashem created the world and during Hashem creating the world. Now let's talk about something totally subjective, our feelings the way we feel about reality. Even in that, we see a marvelous uh, paradox of particulars and oneness. And that is through the Chelek HaPshat, which was talking about our gratitude for waking up in the morning. Even when a person is thankful that he woke up in the morning, Nirgish Shekol Chayusehu, Mashuhu Yehudi, he feels that really what is he grateful for? Not the fact that he's alive, that he has physical life, but that he, he's a Jew and he has a Yechida and he has that special connection to Hashem. And this, this is mind-blowing. The fact that I have a feeling, you know, some people dismissively say, feelings aren't facts. Well, it's true, feelings aren't facts. But feelings are feelings. <laughs> it's true, feelings aren't facts. But feelings are feelings. Doesn't mean feelings are insignificant or unimportant. Feelings are important, as feelings. So here's the thing. I have a feeling that only Hashem exists. Ah, well, if that feeling is true, then your feeling is insignificant because only Hashem exists and you don't exist and therefore, how can you be significant? No, the paradox is <laughs> my feeling that only Hashem exists is a real feeling and it exists and it's significant. Mind-blowing. You, you follow that? There's no contradiction. The fact that I am grateful 
that really I have no existence unto my, uh, 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 for myself. All I have is, that, uh, is my connection to Hashem because only Hashem exists. Well, if only Hashem exists, what are you going around having feelings for? That's the point. That's the whole point. That they are both true. From the perspective of essence, they're both true. I have feelings. My feeling is, and <laughs> two paradoxes. I have feelings, and my feeling is only Hashem matters. And even though only Hashem matters, my feeling that only Hashem matters, matters. <laughs> you follow that? Givaldic. Givaldic. Okay. Baruch Hashem, we'll see you next week.